Hi, this is Pastor Dan Wilfred. The readings for the second Sunday in Lent are about Abraham and Sarah being called by God to get moving from Haran and to head for Canaan. And another reading in the Gospel from John chapter 3, verses 1 to 17, are about Nicodemus being challenged by Jesus to start over in his life with God, to be born from above, born anew, born again. As you'll hear in my sermon, this theme of starting over drew out some recent experiences in my life and in this congregation's life, especially as my retirement approaches later this summer. Thanks for listening. May God speak to you and your life in these words. A reading from Genesis chapter 12. The Lord said to Abraham, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you, and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and the one who curses you I will curse, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abraham went, as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Let us pray. Grant us, O God, to hear your voice and in hearing your voice to love your word, and in loving your word to do your will. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Maybe it's just because of things going on in my own life these days, but when I read and hear today's Bible stories, it seems that everyone we meet is starting over, including God. It begins in that first reading where at the ripe young age of 75, Abraham and his wife Sarah are told to start over on a journey, a migration from Mesopotamia, modern-day Iraq, to Canaan, the Holy Land. A journey that, according to the verses just before this passage, had stalled decades before somewhere in Turkey called Haran. Abraham and Sarah were called to start over by a God who, according to the Bible's wider story, was also starting over, embarking on a new plan to love and save the world that the earlier chapters of Genesis had told us was necessary because the world had become such a broken and sinful mess. God was going to bless and renew all nations, and God wanted to do that through Abraham and Sarah and their descendants. So God and Abraham and Sarah all starting over. As Paul reminds us in our second reading with nothing more than faith in one another to go on. And then there's Nicodemus. We don't know how old he was. But you don't become a high-ranking Pharisee, a leader of your people and member of the Sanhedrin when you're barely 35 years old. He might not have been 75 like Abraham, but he was old enough and grounded enough in his faith and settled enough in his life to not be looking to start over. But there was something about Jesus that drew him. Something about Jesus' way of talking about God and living with God that Nicodemus was at least curious about, if not hungry for. So he came to Jesus one night and was invited to start over to be born again, born anew, born from above. 
And here again, right along with Nicodemus, God was starting over too. That plan that had begun with Abraham and Sarah was coming to fruition and fulfillment in Jesus. God was loving the world so much that God was giving God's only son to save it and to give people eternal life. So maybe it is just because of things going on in my own life, but when I read and hear these Bible stories, it seems that everyone is starting over, including God. For one thing, I'm currently watching my dad start over. Six weeks ago, at the age of 101, he lost his life partner of 78 years when my mom died. And for the past 10 of those years, his life has been centered and fully focused on caring for his beloved. Even as she slowly forgot more and more of the life that they had shared, gradually fading away from him. So if starting over at age 75, like Abraham did, sounds hard, try doing it at 101. Well, it didn't begin well. Since old Swedes and some younger ones rarely express or handle their feelings very directly or honestly, in the days after my mom's funeral, he just got very grumpy about everything and anything at his assisted living facility how his laundry was handled, how his bed was made, the lousy food, the slow response when he needed help. Grumpy, too, with his children, who were always late, even when we arrived or called right when we said we would. He was even yelling at people, angrily at staff, and yelling at us. And when we'd ask him to stop yelling, he'd exist. He wasn't yelling at all, that's just the way I talk. Within 10 days, he was in the hospital with pneumonia. And we thought that maybe starting over was more than we should expect he'd be able to do. Perhaps we should get ready to start planning another funeral. But then something shifted. The anger subsided. And the shouting mostly stopped. He's back in his own room. He's on his feet. He's eating well, complaining a little less about the food. He's getting out of his room more often, looking for staff to talk to and advise about how they could better run the place. <laughs> he goes down to the physical therapy room that he calls the gym and exercises. Now, it's only been about two weeks of this new normal, and there's still been some bumpy places, so we don't know how long-lasting it will be, but even at 101, he's learning to start over. Now, I doubt that that's much of a new beginning for God, and he wouldn't talk about whether it was a new beginning for him and God either, but it's got to also be that. A dying and rising, a new birth, a new faith for a new stage of life. So maybe it's just because of things that are going on in my life that it seems to me that everyone in these stories is starting over, including God. And then, as you well know, there is that starting over that awaits me now in just under six months. That starting over that I've chosen by picking a retirement date. A date that you did not pick, but that still requires you to get ready to start over as well. So I think of Abraham and Sarah. I imagine them being very settled and comfortable in Haran. It wasn't Ur 
where they had grown up and met and fell in love, but it was a nice place. They had good friends there. And then along comes God, telling them to move on. I think of Nicodemus. I imagine him very secure in his faith, his knowledge of God's word and will and purpose, very comfortable in his role as a teacher and leader of the faith. And then along comes Jesus and invites him to start over, to find a new and different way to connect with God, so different and new that it's like a new birth from above, to deal less with familiar rules and habits and routines, and to be open to a spirit that blows where it chooses and when it feels like it. Well, to me right about now, that sounds like the call to retirement. From having church be my job, to having church in some new place be what it is already for you. A community of faith in which to be fed and renewed and to find meaningful ways to give and grow and serve together with others. And to be honest, after 42 years of being a pastor, I know that I am every bit as settled and comfortable as Abraham and Nicodemus were. And I know I need to start over, be reborn into a new and different life, including my life of faith. And I know as well that it probably will not be easy. Now, sure, I have lots of options to delay and ease the starting over by taking on some transitional or part-time pastor work somewhere. But I hope to be smart enough to recognize that the more of that I do, the less of retirement's new birth I will enjoy. I guess my point is that life, especially life with God, has several Abraham and Sarah and Nicodemus moments in it. Times, sometimes chosen, often not, when we find ourselves needing to start over, when something ends and something new must follow it. When something or someone dies and a new way of living and relating without them is required of us, even when one way of understanding and relating to God no longer fits our world and experience, we need to wait for God to present us with a new birth of faith. Martin Luther went so far as to say that being born again needed to be a daily reality for Christians, that our baptism sets us on a path of daily dying to sin and rising to new life in Christ, daily drowning the old person that we were so that the new person in Christ can now arise in its place. To Luther, starting over with God was just part of waking up, getting out of bed each day. The brief words of Genesis 12 don't make it sound like starting over was very hard at all for Abraham and Sarah. God said go, and they just went. The path surely got complicated pretty quickly, but setting forth seemed to be for them an easy choice, and for that they are praised for having great faith. Nicodemus, meanwhile, was a tougher nut for God to crack. He leaves today puzzled about how can these things possibly be. He'll come back later in John's Gospel with some indications that he kept puzzling over Jesus' words and some hints that eventually he may even have been able to believe, 
After Jesus is crucified, it's Nicodemus who comes back to help Joseph of Arimathea bury Jesus' body, placing it back in the womb of the earth from which it would soon rise reborn. For God so loves the world that God is always starting over and always calling people to start over with God. From Abraham and Sarah to Nicodemus, and in our own lives today. And in the coming weeks, Bible stories, to a woman beside a well next Sunday, a man born blind the week after that, and then dead Lazarus called right out of his tomb on Lent's fifth Sunday, before we move on to Holy Week and Easter. For God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, especially to condemn it to staying exactly the way it is, even when that way is familiar and comfortable and to us maybe even good enough. But God sent the Son in order that the world might be saved through him, be reborn through him, made new through him, and start over with him each and every day. No matter how young or old or whatever changes or chances come our way, God so loves the world that God is always starting over and calling us to start over with God. Amen.